Welcome to Season 4 of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, everyone. I'm Rob Parsons, and I'd like to welcome you to the Paychecks Pulse podcast. This is another episode where we'll be talking about our Pulse of HR research, the seventh annual for 2023. Joining me today is Jeff Williams, and he's our Vice President of Enterprise and HRO Services. Jeff leads the teams that provide proactive advisory services to clients looking to navigate complex legislation and evolving employee landscape. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Just don't make me say Pulse Podcast three times in a row quickly. Okay? There's a lot of uh, a lot of alliteration <laughs> there, isn't there? So, as I mentioned, Jeff, this is our seventh annual Pulse of HR study. Yes. Um, as you looked at it from the perspective of an HR professional, uh, what were your key takeaways? I think probably a few things for me. One is it's a good annual reminder that it's always all about the people. I think regardless of what industry you're in or what you're trying to accomplish, you do that via great people. If you're running a hospitality business, you need people delivering great service. If you're running a professional services company, you better have good people that know data science. If you're fixing cars, man, those things are electronic and computer things running on wheels. So you better have people that know how to do that. I'm constantly reminded of the importance of people to business outcomes. They they are inextricably linked. That's such a great insult. And sometimes we forget we truly are in the people business. And we really are. And you think about just people and work in the post-COVID era and the way that continues to evolve. And we see it coming out in the survey. We see the importance of technology. We see people uh, wrestling with items around the new work location. We see uh, evolving changes around gig economies and and those sorts of things. There's just a lot happening in in the people uh, spectrum, and we're excited to be a part of it. Was there anything surprising to you? You know, you're you're out there, your people are out there, you're in the field, you see what's going on. Was there anything surprising or was it really just confirming some of the things you've been seeing? Yeah, maybe not surprising. It just uh, maybe confirming of some trends we're seeing that are coming alive. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. One thing that's coming alive is um, the increasing reality of DEI efforts in the workplace. So areas around pay transparency, pay equity, inclusion, employee resource groups, all these sorts of things that really support bringing DEI to life in the workplace, I think companies are getting much more intentional in that, and it it showed uh, in the results. I also think that some non-traditional benefits are really starting to increase in importance. So think about things like um, shorter work weeks, more work flexibility, what exactly is my work location? Uh, what about voluntary benefits? Can I get pet insurance? What about new pay types? Can I get my pay on a card? All of these things are are evolving and and we see it intuitively, but it's coming out in the in the research and the data as well. I love that you mentioned pay because that was mm. something I found very interesting. And last year we were at HR Tech together. Yeah. Everybody was talking about employee experience, <laughs> employee experience. It was interesting to see pay options come into play as how people are thinking about the employee experience, pay on demand, pay cards, pay transparency. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that, what's happening in the world of payroll? It's really not 
it's not a commodity anymore. It sure isn't. And I think context is is good when we get when we get onto this topic. So think about it. You've got this really high inflation environment. You've got a fairly indebted workforce. I mean, we've seen that statistic come out that that 40% of the American population would struggle to come up with four or five hundred dollars in an emergency. You see um, increasingly high interest short-term loans for those people that do need access to their cash. And in general, you just see a more more immediacy in the workforce between the work and a desire to be rewarded for and connected connected to their pay. So uh, so what we're with that backdrop, what we're really seeing is organizations who are declaring more intent to do more frequent pay, either via card or via some other mechanism. And uh, the intent numbers are pretty breathtaking. We're seeing 60, 70 percent of organizations say we want to pay uh, on some sort of pay card type product. Let's just use that as a working title. Um, and if you think about it for the employee, the benefit is I have better access. I feel more secure because I don't have to go to these more predatory locations to get access to my money. But think about it for the employer as well. The employer has maybe a calmer employee, maybe a less worried employee. Mm -hmm. Maybe that employee is a little bit more motivated to do that next hour of work, knowing they're going to get paid tonight for it rather than in a couple of weeks. So this is one of those that really does appear to have benefits on all sides of it. My other point on this that I do think it's important to remind folks of is uh, don't forget there's a lot of compliance stuff out there. So mm. how are you going to take taxes off of it? How are you going to report on it? How are you going to get your accruals right? What happens if the employee leaves before the end of a pay cycle and you're counting on all these things to true up at the end of it? I really do believe it's important to have a partner with you that can help you kind of work through some of that, help you understand it, while still accomplishing the goal of, of giving employees better and more timely access to pay. That's a, that's a great point. I, as, a, as a marketer, <laughs> I just think of how great it is for bringing employees on, yes. just saying you, yes. you don't have to front me, the company, the owner. You get paid for the work you've done right away. And I just – so I liked your little touch there with the, uh, the compliance issues because it is – payroll is a sticky – subject. Yeah, there there is always going to be legislation <laughs> relative <laughs> to pay. And it's just important to make sure you're doing it effectively and doing it right and deducting it right and and reporting it correctly and 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 companies like ours can re can really help you navigate that. For sure. A another area and I want to check the stat here. Mm -hmm. Another area I wanted to look at was AI. Yes. Um more than 75% of HR leaders at companies with 20 plus employees plan to use AI, artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. in the next 12 months. That's 75% Yes, in the next 12 months. Yes. That's a huge leap from what we saw at HR Tech last year. It really is a, a big number. And little do our listeners know, I'm actually a robot. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, and, and we think it has a place in the near term uh, HR office. You know, think about it. There are, there are areas where... Uh, we can readily leverage AI today to answer common questions, to democratize information, to make sure that both the employee and the employer are working from the, the same song sheet of what is HR policy, what is HR process. Like I think all of that uh, is ready for the shop floor today. We can ask AI 
to do a tip calculation for us in California on overtime if we work in the hospitality sector, you could get a pretty good answer from ChatGPT on that, that very question. Uh, so I would say continue on. Figure out what that layer of commoditized information is uh, and press into that as an HR leader. I think it's important to continue uh, your journey on that one, and, and we're certainly going to continue ours. What I would say is it's a blend of, of man and machine. So it is important if you think about is AI going to give you the answer to Hey, Joe's had his hand in the till for the third time in the last six months, and he's now on a medical leave. Can I terminate, Joe? Like, AI is not going to spit out that answer for you. Like, you still do need the help and consultation uh, of a professional. But I think the mirroring of uh, the skill of the practitioner with the increasingly um, easy-to-use uh, abilities that come from AI, I think it's just a more powerful combination. And I'm you know, personally, I'm not one that worries a lot about job substitution for AI. I mean, if you look at the the invention of the spreadsheet, that was going to be the death of the accountant. And we see that more people are employed in, in accounting than at the invention of Excel. So I think there's um, there's a wonderful marriage there between what AI is and is going to be capable of and maybe allowing that HR practitioner to become even more strategic and what they do every day being complemented by this technology. Which is which is so much of what we've been talking about. Free yourself up. Let 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 someone else or something else mm -hmm. take care of the admin so you can focus on the things that are really important. Yes. Yeah. And and if you look at the um if you look at the HR as strategist um, continuum, you know, Stacey Harris, who does really good work over at Sapien, mm -hmm. you know, she would say that you know, the HR as strategist uh, has stalled a little bit. So uh, what are we seeing there? Chief HR officers aren't necessarily raising their profile as quickly in the boardroom uh, as we would think, given how important people is to strategy and what's stopping that. What's stopping it is the point you raise, which is sometimes you get a little bit too caught up in the, tr in the, uh, in the transactions. Sometimes we're busy playing fetch for information, oh, where am I? Uh, what's your turnover? What's your uh, what's the pay situation in a certain group? What's your comp ratio? How many people are turning over in our Des Moines office? You end up doing things on behalf of uh, your business partners instead of having the information uh, readily available and then providing the insights, the strategies, and the action plans. With, that go with what you're finding out uh, from the information rather than going to get it all the time. Yes, I, I, I love that. And and there's an area we saw in the report, and it, it came out too. We held a webinar on this a few weeks back. Uh, we did a live poll, 70% uh, of attendees. Mm. We had like 600 people attending yeah. uh, are offering remote or hybrid work. So it is not, at least despite what I've been reading in the news, not really going away, but... It's still, I, I don't know that we're good at it yet, which really plays into this, this more strategic role of an HR leader. How do I get better at it? How do I get my people to be better at it? How do I get managers to be better at it? What are you, what are you seeing and hearing on the hybrid side? Yeah, I'd, I'd say embrace, embrace your present. So I think there's a little bit of looking back on what was and maybe thinking about what may be. And, and who knows? Maybe there's a lesson for life in some of that. And rather than being being where where you are. And, and I think about 
maybe um, stacking up the way you're thinking about your workforce might be a good idea. And, and here's a way you might want to think about it. Um, what do you want to be present for in the office? What I think we find is it's great for doing things like uh, strategic planning, for deep collaboration, uh, for creating bonds with brand, for training. Like we're seeing all of these areas where, you know, being in the office and being together can really matter. And then it's, okay, well, maybe I need to complement that with a remote workforce. Well, what's my why on having a remote workforce? It could be access to, to rare and difficult to find skills. It could be widening your aperture to get better uh, recruiting outcomes. It could be because you may need to find regional matches for where your clients are. Like there are good reasons to have a remote workforce. And then maybe you complement that with a global workforce where you get access to very large labor pools and there is salary arbitrage and cost savings opportunities and you can find um, a pathway to automation. So this, this notion of the uh, workforce of tomorrow I think is the workforce of today. We're finding that our clients uh, and ourselves um, are thinking about the world in a hybrid way. Uh, we see that most organizations have some flavor of two to three days uh, back in the office. And I think most organizations are trying to be more intentional to match being present uh, with, with business outcomes. In all of that, what I would remind maybe the listener to think about is, have I built an operating system that accommodates what I'm trying to do from a location perspective? Or am I trying to appease everyone with my location policy? For example, do I have the right technology to support collaboration in a remote environment? Do I have uh, the right measurements to ensure I've got a good handle on productivity in the office versus remotely? Do I have leadership rhythms and routines that ensure people are allowed to and invite connections uh, that are social in nature and that create longer-term uh, bonds with the workplace? So I would say that was a really long answer I just gave Perfect. you. But I'm excited yes. about the topic because yeah. I think it's really important to know that, that um, those that are really trying to precisely figure out how all of this is going to land may be missing the opportunity in the situation that's right in front of them. Do what's best for your business. Right. And, and you were touching on something so great there, this level of, of intention on how you want Mm -hmm. the workplace to work. Yes. And then you design the systems, the infrastructure, you get the technology to support that versus chasing, reacting, or even letting technology dictate what you're doing. Um, that comes into play what you were talking about earlier about the strategic role of HR and being intentional about the workforce to match up with what the business is trying to get to. Yeah. And I, and I think if you always start with your purpose as an organization, like what are you there to do who are you there to serve? And what's the aspiration you're setting forward as an employer? Like if you can frame everything in that stuff, um, sometimes this location thing will start solving itself for you if you stick to um, your why. Always put that up front. What is our why and why does it matter where we do our thing? If you start there, the answers start to become uh, more clear. Um, you start to have more conviction. 
you do less apologizing and more enlistment of your workforce. Love it. This was an absolutely great conversation, Jeff. And I, I am going to have you on the podcast again. <laughs> Please have me back. I'd love to. <laughs> Any last thoughts for our listeners before we wrap up? Oh, maybe just um, maybe just a reminder for uh, for our listeners that the people stuff is just so critical. And don't compromise your place in the company. Leverage it. Um, whatever we're doing from an HR perspective, the more we can harmonize that, with what we're doing as a business, the more important the role of HR becomes. So um, be that person who knows and understands the economics of HR and also be the change steward that can carry the rest of the organization with you uh, on your journey to create a better workplace. Love it. Great insights, Jeff. Thank you once again for joining the podcast. Thanks again for having me, Rob. See you soon. See you soon. And we have, uh, for our listeners, if you're interested, uh, we have, we'll have a link to the Pulse of HR survey in our show notes. Uh, and I'd like to finish up by just thanking you all for joining, uh, listening today. And as always, please stay happy and healthy. Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our resource center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.